Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Bob, turn that button on, too. It is uh, 6.35 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, Kellen Kennedy, too. We're going to get right into it, and full disclosure, we, we pre-taped this next conversation uh, as we're going to go to our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we go to 6.30 Chad's Inside the Game Analyst, Rob Brown. All right, Rob, your thoughts. Uh, did the Edmonton Oilers look different at all last night? Tough to tell. What do you think? Well, I don't think they looked any different when it came to uh, systems in place. I thought that they looked a little nervous to start the game. I thought they got better as the game went on. The the thing that was probably the most noticeable was when it wasn't going completely their way. The game was close. They weren't getting a lot of chances. The others didn't start pressing. They didn't start taking chances. And that's what we've seen in the past where the Oilers all of a sudden, okay, we're not getting the offense we want. Let's let's push this. Let's pinch when we should. Let's try to force something through the middle and hope that it works out. And they didn't. It was a much more calm uh, game for the Edmonton. It was low event, but when it was low event, they didn't try to do something that eventually came back and haunted them. So I think that, to me, was the biggest difference in last game. They just had patience that they haven't had in some of their losses this year. You know, it's been an interesting situation here, and you and me talked a bit about this last night on the pregame show, but the reality is I I, I can't speak for you, but for me, I'm, I was a little surprised the move happened this quick, and I understand the sentiment out there, there's been too many changes. Um, what goes through a player's mind when, when this sort of thing happens, when there's a coaching well, change and a change with a guy who's had a pretty good track record? Well, the the first thing is every one of those players feels guilty. I've gone into the dressing room after we fired a coach, and I've and a lot of the time when we fired the coach, uh, <laughs> we we didn't have the great track record with them, and you still felt guilty. Cost someone his job. No, no team that's playing well gets rid of their coach, and the Oilers have had success under this coach. We talked about ten guys that are something like that had career years. Uh, the success the team has had, they got off to a slow start. And the players know that, and they felt that they still uh, were going to get better. They all felt confident that this team was going to be a playoff team. And for the ownership to make a change, uh, that dressing room would have been very quiet the morning after. And uh, that's the game last night, a lot of it was played on guilt because they cost two guys a job. But then there's also the, the second part of it. They got a new guy coming in with his first opportunity. Now you want to make good for him. 
because this guy has given up a lot to come. He's left his family behind. He's taking a flyer on this. It's his dream come true to play in the National Hockey League. Now all these players know it's a, it's a new uh, era, and anything that they were given before is no longer theirs to take. They have to prove to this new guy. So that's another reason why you have a coach's bump whenever there's a new coach come in, because you now have to earn everything all over again because you don't have the track record with this guy that you may have had with the previous coach. Before the Dylan Holloway injury, and it's going to be a significant absence for Holloway. He's going to be out a while here. When I mean out a while, more than a month. I'm sure at some point here he's going to get placed on LTIR. Knobloch through the first period, every line had at least six shifts. Uh, six to nine uh, shifts through the first, you know, or, or uh, anyways, the bottom line is they balanced things out. Guys got minutes and they rolled. And it was a, now that said, it was a four line game. Um, he He's very understated with the media. I think you saw that. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm dealing from a stacked deck here because I've known this guy for 25 years, Rob, as you've known. I mean, I've actually gone into Erie and seen him coach as well. I know what he's about, but, um, it's funny how when the team struggles with the Oilers, what usually happens is the goaltenders don't stop the puck and the coach goes to the whip with McDavid and Drysaddle. Like, right? And that's yeah, usually no. when the struggles occur. And conversely, he attempted at least out of the gate to deploy more personnel. Well, and, and we've talked about this before. For the Oilers to be successful come playoff time, they have to be able to roll four lines. You have to be able to trust your fourth line that if they get caught out against the other team's top players, they're able to play against them. The Vegas Golden Knights had no problem having their fourth line against Connor and Leon last year in the playoffs. Uh, If you want to be a championship team, you must run four lines. And the only way to find out what your fourth line is capable of doing under pressure is by having them do it in the regular season in all situations. Now, Jay Woodcroft, when he first came in, employed four lines as well yes but when you have connor and leon sometimes uh, you're looking down well you know what connor and leon they still look fresh let's get them out there and that's the the thing that you got to stay away from as a coach it's too easy to put the two best players on the ice especially because connor and leon don't ever get tired but if this team wants to be successful you have to have roles and one of the other things i liked last night is they kept the lines together even when there wasn't creating a whole lot that second period might have been as boring a period as you've ever seen. Right, low event hockey. Kept, low event hockey, but they kept the lines together because now you know what your role is. And you know, okay, I am a third-line player, and I'm going to go out there. My job is to make sure I do A, B, and C. And I know that from the beginning of practice, the end of practice, from the beginning of a game to the end of a game. But if it's moving all over the place, sometimes you get confused on your role or you get away from your role. And uh, to me, I, I, I like what he's said so far. I like the way he said it. I I really enjoyed the press conferences. I mean, he looked human right? and acted human in it. And we know that uh, some coaches will come in and they come in combative. They right away they're coming in. They're going to be combative with whatever you say. Or some co- coaches come in with an agenda. Here's what I want to say, and it doesn't matter what question you ask me. I'm going to get this out. Uh, he actually took the time to think through each question and then answer it honestly. So I, I really appreciate it. And as a player. The one thing a player, the only thing a player wants from a coach is honesty. Just be truthful with me. If I'm not playing well, tell me I'm not playing well and tell me what I have to do to get better. And I think that's what you've seen so far from now. It's early and the warts aren't all gone from the Oilers. And there are going to be some players that aren't going to be happy with the coaching change. And, and, and not every player is ever happy when there's a coaching change. 
But I do believe this man has a chance to have success here, and I really like the demeanor that he has both on the bench and what we've seen in the press room as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I sense that uh, that understated calm is going to help him. Uh, I think we've already seen it a bit in game. I mean, he couldn't got off uh, the order to still worse start. We're joined by our inside the game analyst, Rob Brown. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. So, Rob, it, I mean, it's inter- it's interesting because, you know, Connor and Leon had struggled a bit. We know Connor's playing through an injury. For all we know, Leon might be playing through something, too, because we would never know. They're both tough as you know what, and the proverbial $2 stakes. Um, but last night, Drysaddle, an even strength snipe, two power play assists, and then a shorthanded assist where he won a puck battle on the wall and, and got it up uh, in the uh, for Kane for the empty net. Um, I mean, it was, and then Connor broke through for a, a goal and an assist as well. And the power play appeared to be simplified. I mean, those are good signs for Edmonton, aren't they? Well, they are. Uh, the, the biggest thing is they have to have goaltending, and they did. But what we've seen in the past with the Oilers is on nights when everything doesn't go right for you, they still have Connor and Leon that can do something special, and they have a power play that can change the game. And the Oilers' power play still top 10 so far this year. They haven't scored the goals at the big moments that we've seen in the past. I, I, we said after the second period last night, if the Oilers get a power play in the third period, they've got to make a difference. And they did. And that's what we've seen year after year. When the Oilers have to score a goal or need a goal on a power play, the power play comes through. The power play looked good. It looked very good. And that's a good sign for the Oilers. Uh, Connor looked relieved. And it's funny when you talk about the best player in the world looking relieved after scoring a goal, which he's probably going to score five or 600 in his career, but he did. Uh, the human part of it is uh, he has not played up to his standards uh, because he and Leon didn't play up to their standards. Someone lost a job. Uh, the team that's supposed to win a Stanley Cup right now is struggling to, 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 to get into a playoff race. And Leon and Connor are taking that personal because they're the guys that are supposed to lead them. So uh, if Connor... Connor, Leon, first of all, he was the best player on the ice last night by far. And if Connor starts with a little bit of confidence from the game last night with the goal going in, he starts getting going, all of a sudden, uh, seven out of nine games or 13 out of 15 games is not out of the realm of possibility, and the Oilers are right back in this. I said after the Oilers lost to San Jose that this is still a team that's going to make the playoffs. Whether they made a coaching change, whether they go out and got another goaltender, they are too talented too many good players on this team for them to stay in the bit of the funk that they've been in. Last night was a really good step forward, and they have an opportunity now. It's so funny how quickly things change. They win tomorrow. Now they're on a three-game winning streak, and things are going in the right direction. We're joined right now by Rob Browner, Inside the Game Analyst. Rob, um, Chris Knobloch spent two years as the head coach of the Kootenai Ice, won a WHL title, five years in Erie. The first half season, he took a squad over. He said he didn't do a great job. Uh, then he had four straight 50-win seasons, five years as a head coach in, in Hartford in the AHL with two years as an assistant. This guy, but he's got 11 years of head coaching experience. And, oh, by the way, he has Paul Coffey on his bench. Did you ever have a coach that was good a player as Paul Coffey coaching you at any point? Uh, no, you're talking about a Hall of Famer, uh, one of the top probably 20 players in the world that ever played the game. Uh, no, I haven't. I got the opportunity to play with Paul Coffey, and I think he'll do a tremendous job on the bench for the Oilers. Tell you that when he speaks, it's kind of, kind of hard to turn a deaf ear to him if you're a defenseman 
because there's not much that he hasn't done in, in the game of hockey. As for Knobloch, he, he's he's earned his opportunity. It's not like he just we just plucked some guy out of a hat and said, okay, here you go. Uh, and you have to have a certain demeanor too. I remember when a buddy of mine, Dan Balsma, took over the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Dan Balsma was a minor league player uh, at, at, for most of his career, and then a fourth liner when he made it to the NHL. And I said, how do you coach Connor uh, or sorry uh, Sydney and Malkin? I mean, how do you tell them what they should or shouldn't do because you couldn't do that? And he says the biggest thing is they have to be accepting of information. And he said both of them were. So I think for Knobloch, you've got to have confidence in yourself to be able to talk to Leon and Connor. But you also have to have buy-in from those guys right away. And I think that what's happened to start this season, how it hasn't gone the way they wanted to, and where Leon and Connor want to get to, not to Stanley Cup, I think they're going to have buy-in with this coach right away. And the fact that they have a, a guy in the coach's ear that's been there and is – Biggest, as big a star as anyone that's been in the National Hockey League, he can help along with that as well. So uh, I think there's it, it's tough losing Woodcroft and Manson. I think both are excellent coaches, but I do believe the guys they have on the bench right now too are capable of taking this team to the next level as well. Rob, great stuff. Thank you for joining us again on Oilers Now. Sounds good, Bob. That is Rob Brown. He is their Inside the Game analyst. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Get a $10 bonus for every $50 gift card purchased until December the, 31st, uh, December the 31st. Visit royalpizza.ca. Stocker, Stoffer, I'm Stoffer. Recommendation. Uh, I knew a guy named Norm Stocker. He's no longer with us. He's a police officer for a number of years here in the city. Visit royalpizza.ca. Reed Wilkins, Brendan Escott, still to come in orders now. I remember this day as we go on a list. It's, uh, by the way, at 6.51 in Edmonton. Reed Wilkins coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. Inside Sports will bring him in in uh, 38 seconds time. To this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Montreal road trip is now sold out. The next Oilers now roadie to be announced shortly. We're going to go back to 2010. I was there. Here is Brennan Escott. I was not. The Oilers lost 8-2 to the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. The team's combining for 154 minutes in penalties. Five Rangers had double-digit penalty minutes, while Alex Frolov and Marion Gabryk each put up four points against Nikolai Habibulin. Yes, that was the game that Sean Avery sucker-punched Ladislav Schmid, though they were kind of squared off, and then Schmid kind of turned sideways and... Avery landed a shot on Laddie Schmid. Uh, Steve McIntyre fought Derek Bugard and broke. They fought twice, and he broke Bugard's nose in the second fight. It was one of Bugard's last uh, coaches before or, uh, fights before, unfortunately, he passed away. All right, let's bring aboard uh, Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports. Hello, Reed. Hey, Bob. Good to see you. Oh, I got to turn you up there. Try that one. How's that? Better? Hey, Bob. Try that one. What's going Center on? Mi- Center Mike. There we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you're relying on me, we got no chance here. We got okay. it now. You're on Center Mike. You're up. Hey. Uh, your thoughts on uh, game one of Chris Knobloch last night? Well, I, I thought that the Oilers played a, a little more of a patient game than we've seen in the past. Uh, I mean, Relaxed? Unfortunately, we've seen goals go in the first minute of the period or last couple minutes of a period several times this season, but they kind of held it together after a couple sloppy first two shifts of the period. I, I didn't mind that the second period was a low event. Uh, I mean, we've seen in the past when they've done well, there's a little bit of patience to their game as they've become a more mature team. 
and they were fine with a low event period and saying, okay, let's try to win it in the third. Maybe we get a break. Maybe we get a power play. Rangers take a couple of penalties that were, you know, the plays they could have made better, better decisions they could have made, and the Oilers pounced on them. So now I don't think that's just because there's a coaching change because they played that way under Jay Woodcroft quite a bit. Right, so just not this year, <laughs> not but not this year, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, but like I said, Bob, you know, I've been talking about the shot percentage as much as the save percentage, right? And now, so now some of the goals are going in as well, right? Now, eight goals in the last two games. All right, quick text here uh, from Jason from Sangudo, very funny guy. Nice guy. He's been texting us for years and years and years. Bob Rob Brown is right. Honesty is very important. Unless the question is, does this outfit make me look fat? That one comes from. <laughs> oh my goodness! From Jason from San Carlos. Well, I think you look great, Jason. All I gotta <laughs> say, Jason, is that's why you wear black or dark navy blue. You wear dark colors all the time. Yeah. Well, I just. But I've known you twenty-five or six years. And you've always worn dark colors. Even when I wasn't as fat? You were, we're both larger than we were 25 years ago. Yes, that is confirmed. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you got coming up tonight on Inside Sports? Uh, we'll, 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 we'll wrap about the Oilers a little bit. Uh, you know, echo, by the way, from a, I, I think the fans hopefully feel this as well. From a standpoint of being well-spoken, and taking the time to, I mean, Ekholm's kind of a dream come true. So, yeah. I mean, he's been great to deal with. Uh, we'll hear a little bit from Ekholm, from Knobloch. Uh, we'll do some calls and texts. Uh, we will uh, visit uh, with Tim Inger from Football Alberta because we've been trying to keep track of uh, some some of the big games on the amateur scene, and they're getting down to the final fours in high school football. Good, I, good stuff. Yeah. There it's we go. be fun. All right. Uh, tomorrow, guests will include Elliot Friedman. Uh, for our friends at Abe's Door Service, Keith Gretzky will have the farm report for us as the Bakersfield Condors are in Calgary tonight. They play again tomorrow. John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Reed Wilkins up next with Inside Sports after a global news weather traffic update with James Dunn. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now.